What's up, Defenders? Happy Wicked Wednesday, or Thirsty Thursday, or Freaky Friday, Celebratory Saturday, (laughs) Euro Cup Final Sunday, I don't know. Whatever day you're listening to this pod, welcome to episode 154 of the most LAFC podcast in the solar system, and now in Q2 Arena. We are coming to you from the heart of Screenland in Culver City, California. I am the self-proclaimed beast from the East and the toast of the East Coast, Christian Philly Philemon. And with me in the room, with a nice black and gold mic on a boom stand, the tyrant of threads, the sultan of silks, the mouth of the South Bay, J.R. Liebert. The scarf. What is good, Defenders Nation? Oh, man. So we just got back from Party Beer Co. If you don't know who Party Beer Co. is, you have to get down there. Their lemon shandy beer slushy slurpy awesomeness. Strawberry shandy, too. Let's not forget that one. I'm, I'm telling you, it, it hits just right. And if you can tell me that that meatball sub is a vegan meatball sub, then you, my friend, have a much more sophisticated palate than what I've been working on for the last 38 years. So, look, what a win. We're going to bury the lead here, but now two wins, six points from our last two road games. When did we think that that would happen, the way that we've been playing lately? We won not in Sandy, Utah, by the way, which is really nice. But Philly... We've got some some other fun stuff to talk about on the pod. Let's start. Oh, do we now? With Scarf versus Panda Bowl. Ooh. I guess the rest of the world is going to call it the Euro Cup final. <laughs> but we've got Scarf's Italy against Panda's England. I mean, does it get any better than that? First of all, Philly, let's talk about these two matches. Tuesday and Wednesday. If you listened to our last episode with Vince, we kind of previewed it a little bit. But what a match by Italy on Tuesday to get by Spain, going to PKs and absolutely hammering at home. Look, I, I don't know if Chiesa's hurt. We know we're not going to have Spinazzola. But let me tell you, Italy making a final. I mean, it's what we do. We're pretty good at this on the regular. Not so much for England, but I am very worried about England's talent, Philly. So in terms of like on the regular, we can't say on the regular because y'all didn't make the last World Cup and haven't really been that talented of a team until recently. However, the Azuri are most definitely back. back. What a cheeky final penalty goal to seal Spain's fate. It was a great game. Look, this Euro Cup has been awesome. So much fun. So many exciting games. Had a lot of good times watching it. And then, obviously, me being the German guy, I I, I supported Die Mannschaft until Panda's Three Lions knocked us out. So you haven't watched a lot of uh, Euro football lately if you're watching Die Mannschaft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least not lately. So, of course, I support my wife. And uh, England is the country that I spent the third most amount of time growing up. Obviously, the States is one. I, I did eighth grade in high school in Germany. And... You know, growing up, we always spent our summers. It sounds rather pretentious. I'm yes, sorry. It, does. Just, it is what it is. I spent summers in, in London and in Cardiff. So I, I do have a soft spot in my heart for England. But man, Italy making a comeback after being dormant for a couple of years. Yeah. England making their first major tournament final since Sir Bobby Moore, shout out to all the West Ham fans out there, hoisted. The Remey Trophy, the old go. World Cup. But yeah, England making their first major tournament since they won the World Cup, beating West Germany in 1966. 
It's fun. And Scarf, what's going to be even more fun is where we're going to go on Sunday. Dude, House of Football, I got to say, this was pretty much your brainchild figuring this out. This will be really cool. I've never been to House of Football. Philly, have you ever been to House of Football? So our buddy James used to be the manager over at Free Play and the fields. He told it, he did, he's been telling me about yep. Saturday's football for the longest yep. time. And now these guys are starting to do their thing. They got a shop. They sell jerseys there. But it doesn't end there, dude. They've got a bar downstairs. Well, listen, from what I understand, we have, we, we have set it up so that we will be partaking in this said bar downstairs, we've got we've got a table reserved there for the Euro Cup. Not a final. table scarf, a room. I mean, a room set up there. Excuse me. Uh, I know you guys are you guys are thinking, oh my god, we got to head over to this place. You're absolutely right. I've never been, but it's going to be a lot of fun to see the scarf versus Panda Bowl, Pandas England. Who, by the way, let's give a very quick shout out to Denmark. What happened yep. in their first match? in like one of the first matches, if not the first match, of the Euro Cup tournament. I mean, awful, right? Horrendous. Christian Eriksen, you never want to see anything like that. And I mean, like I said before, it reminded me a lot of the footage that I've been indoctrinated with going to Loyola Marymount University when Hank Gathers collapsed and unfortunately died on the court there at Gersten Pavilion. I thought the exact same thing with Christian Erickson, and now here we have Erickson petitioning Serie A to get back into major football, which would be unbelievable. But Denmark played it for him, and then I really think, you know, they began to play for themselves. Hey, they got out to a one nothing lead, Philly. It looked like they had England on the ropes for eh, about 15 more minutes after that or so. And then I think, look, you can say what you want about how well Italy has played. We've played very well. But if Chiesa's hurt, if Spinazzola's out, to me, the talent level on England is just unreal. And did they even play Marcus Rashford today? I mean, I feel like he he barely came in or barely played at all. This is a really talented Three Lions club that, honestly, I'm a little worried about. But you know what? Forza Ajuri, let's go. Italy in the Euro Cup final. No, you're you're excited. And we got we got to give a shout out to Copa America. That's another big tournament going on. Yep. Obviously there's plenty of people within the defenders community, the millions. He always does it when yeah, I'm always when he's drinking. I, I had to. I, I had to. I saw it happening. It was like, oh my god, this is a bunny. I All gotta right, make so, it. Happen. So you thought Philly? I mean, Philly was a little pretentious right right then when he just used the verb summer. I think in in England. But I am drinking Trader Joe's sparkling watermelon juice right now. Oh so god! I don't know where I have to put my man card for where a your bit, where's your pastel polo, my friend? You know what? Listen, it is it is yummy, and I appreciate it that I'm having that here at Nina's house. So I'm drinking it. <laughs> yeah. So look, it's. The, the the Copa America tournament, I mean, we've seen some incredible soccer, Philly. Yep. Not, not a lot of it, unfortunately, from Ryan. <laughs> or Cheeky, for that matter. Or Cheeky. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, just not a lot going on with the LAFC guys, but we'll see what happens. Apparently, they're both coming back to train soon. But even before that, Scarf, yes, even sir. before that, look. There's a couple of players out there that we can all argue are, are the best in the world. Obviously, we're going to Ronaldo, but you know his, his tournament is over. And then there's two other players that you can put, look, maybe not in your top three, your top five. De- definitely no more than your top ten. And what I'm getting at is Brazil beat Peru. Yeah. Brazil is in the final. I love Argentina Peru. Argentina played Colombia in an awesome, awesome match that went down to PKs. So Argentina is going to be playing Brazil Saturday night, the night of the uh, McGregor-Poyer fight. I mean, I love it. Sports-filled weekend coming up. But you've got two of the best 
going at it. You've got Neymar versus Messi. Messi's never hoisted a major tournament trophy in his career. I mean, other than his obviously his club days, but can Messi end the curse and finally lift some hardware up for Argentina? I mean, that's going to be an exciting matchup within its own right. Philly, Saturday, Argentina, Brazil. Sunday, Italy, England. Are you kidding me right now? If you're a world football fan, and if you're not, by the way, get on it. This is the perfect weekend. Argentina, Brazil, Messi, Neymar, two of the biggest names in the history of the sport. Italy, England. Italy, one of the most successful nations in the world on the international stage. One of only two countries with four World Cups. Four World Cups, baby. The other being Scarf? Uh, Brazil. No. No? Brazil with five. Oh, well, okay. That's Germany right. That's with right. four. Germany has four. That's I knew, I knew Brazil had the most with five. Yeah. So Brazil with five, Germany, and Italy with four. I mean, is there a better time right now in world football? This is pretty cool. And then, look, flip on over just a couple of days later, you get to watch Captain Canada, Mark Anthony Kay. <laughs> I mean, we know our fans love Mark Anthony Kay. That's awesome. Look, we love Mark Anthony Kay here. But Philly... House of, House of Football LA, just real quick, want to yeah, plug them in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check them out either on Instagram or the website. If you want to come to the bar, look, if you act on it quick, they have this VIP room deal where if you could get a party of 10 heads, right? You get a private room, 10 heads in there, 35 bucks. You split it amongst 10 people. Per there head. you got per head. You got 350 bucks there. And guess what? There's your beer and liquor cost. Boom, 35 a head. That's great. Act on it soon. If not, the bar outside of the private rooms is open. $25 advance ticket. I definitely would recommend getting on it. The, the House of Football LA, dope. And they got Saturday's football that's got an amazing collection of vintage kits. So there's our plug for the House of Football. Yeah, dude. How about a plug for the club's craft beer sponsor, Party Beer Co., where we got to watch this game tonight. Shout out to the Expo Originals. It was so much fun to hang out with them. We've had a pretty good time of late hanging out with uh, some of the supporters groups at the different watch parties, Philly. And this one was no different, so much fun hanging out with our friends, the Expos. I mean, look, Party Beer Co., it took them a little bit to get the uh, to get the feed working, but once we got the feed working over at Party Beer Co., it was an incredible experience. I have to say, our television at one point during the first half, Philly, was one minute, one full, not one, not a couple seconds, one full minute ahead of the television on the opposite side. So there was a table of, what, about 10 of us or so, and we celebrated the goal, that first goal that we'll talk about in the rundown. And then we ran over to the other side and the drummers there for the Expos, they kind of set the mood, got the drums going because they knew a goal was coming. And as soon as that first goal was scored, bah, we all went nuts. It was a lot of fun. It was one of the most fun moments I've ever had at a watch party. Shout out to the Expos. Shout out to our friends at Party Beer Co. Hopefully you'll be hearing a lot more from them on Defenders of the Bank soon. And Philly, another another group we think you're going to hear a lot more from Defenders of the Bank soon, our friends over at Flex Power Tools. Philly, you had the Flex Ferry visit Burbank. We, we did. I want to give a shout-out to Joe, Shane, and Taylor. Got a knock on the door. All of a sudden, boom, there's like a bunch of boxes. They were dressed to Amanda, by the way. So like I'm like, oh, no, what the heck did she buy? One thing that Amanda buys a great deal of Thank is— you, uh, Taylor. Well, yeah, thank you, Taylor. Well, Amanda, no, it's not just shoes. It's like, you know, leggings, yoga pants, 
ultra ultra boosts. So much to my surprise, I saw these really big boxes. And I opened them. We got a couple of flex power tool drills. Really, really cool stuff. Don't worry, someone will explain to Philly what those are later. <laughs> yes, that I would I would sincerely appreciate that. DM the <laughs> defenders of the bank account or or me at Phil a Monster, whatever the hell number I use these days is. I think it's thirty five. Oh, okay, cool. Well geez, and then I've had the account for almost six years. Embarrassing. <laughs> but then we got a really, really cool uh MP3 player, or I'm sorry, yeah, an MP3 player, a Bluetooth speakers. I'm sorry, what am I getting? I believe at? they call it a job site radio. Is that right? Yeah, I, it's like, I love how Flex was able to pull off. Like you imagine uh, Joe and Shane sitting in a room, right? I imagine this one is all Shane, right? He's sitting there going, "No, Joe, how can we build?" A boombox that I can just have in my office so I can listen Radio to whatever. Radio Raheem style from the movie. Absolutely. Do the right thing. How are we going to... How are we going to play this off as like something you need from Flex Power Tools? And and Joe probably go, you know what? We're going to call it a job site radio. Yeah. And just like that, the idea was born. We're going to call it a tailgate radio. And it doesn't cost 420 some odd dollars like that LAFC themed one. No, we'll just put a couple LAFC stickers on and make it look even nicer. Just like that. It's No, we'll put some Defenders of the Bank stickers on it. There yeah, you go. that too. That too. There you go. A big shout out to Joe, Shane, and Taylor over Flex Power Tools. The kids sponsor. Great peeps. Great power tools. Can't wait to make that job site Boombox, a tailgate boombox. I love that Philly said great power tools. Someone's going to have to explain to him again what one of those things are. Philly. Yeah, I'm domestically challenged. You have been you have been chatting with our good friend Carlos, and I know there's something that we want to plug here before we get into this day in LAFC history and some news and notes. So, Philly, why don't you tell everybody about Global Diplomatic and what was going on in uh, Salty Sandy, Utah? Yeah, absolutely. It would be my pleasure. So, for those of you who follow Global Diplomatic Human Rights Relief, they had an event uh, over with the supporters of RSL. Now, I'll just go through that really quickly. Global Diplomatic Human Rights Relief and what they're doing is they want to invite the millions. And millions. Of the black and gold faithful. <laughs> no, you weren't. I'm going to talk about charity. I can't mess you up there. Uh, of the black and gold faithful to, to the return leg of the joint LAFC and RSL fan community event. Yo, when they were in Real Salt Lake, they were able to provide relief bags to the less fortunate in honor of our nation's Independence Day. Next week, they will be having a second sandwich drive for the less fortunate around. I guess it's going to be happening and they're going to be meeting up at the bank. It's going to be on the 16th at 7 p.m. Everybody is welcome to make sandwiches. And then there's going to be a five on five soccer match at Lab 5 in Pacoima. The following day at 8 a.m., be meeting at the bank to distribute sandwiches, items that they need, chips, water, Snacks for the bags. And people can also donate at Global Diplomatic HRR for their Venmo. Here's the best part. All volunteers will be entered for an authentic LAFC raffle and tickets for an LAFC game on September 12th. Those that would like to be a part of the event, please feel free to reach out to Carlos or Roxana uh, Aguirre. Again, there's the Global Diplomatic HRR, and you know Carlos and Roxana. They've always done things for the community. And as I'm reading this, I see the project has been updated. My apologies. They've actually partnered up with LAFC SoCal Youth for the upcoming event <laughs> and uh, will now be making relief bags at Pierce College, their training ground. So I suppose that's where all that's going on. Look, if you have questions, contact Carlos or uh, Roxana 
or hit up the Global Diplomatic HRR Instagram website, or heck, just ask us, and then we'll forward the message and try to figure out the question for you. But sandwiches for the less fortunate all-around Baker California Stadium and a chance to win an LAFC jersey and tickets to a match on September 12th, all good things. All good things. By the way. Shout out to them too, by the way. Pierce College, where I used to go for my high school football games, Loyola Loyola High School, would play their games out at Pierce College on occasion. So that's kind of neat. I know my way out to Pierce College. Let's get into a little bit of this day in LAFC history. Not Baldwin Park or Baldwin Hills. Not Baldwin Hills or Baldwin Park. No, sir. Let's get into a little bit of this day in LAFC history. We are recording this pod at, ooh, it's 11 o'clock. On Wednesday, July 7th, 2021. So let's stick to 2000, or excuse me, July 7th. July 7th, 1995. Happy birthday to Pablo Cisniega. He was our starting keeper at the start of the season. (laughs) That's, he hasn't played much in the last four matches. And it's not because he's hurt either. Look, I'll say this. Pablo has been an incredible backline stopper for us over the last couple seasons gotten better and better and we wish nothing but the best for our solid backline keeper Pablo Cisniega. I know a lot of you out there are still firmly on team Pablo even though Tomas Romero has been very 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 good but we want to wish a very happy birthday to Pablo Cisniega born July 7th 1995 to Olympians. That's right. Oh my goodness he's got an incredible family story. You guys got to check that out with the Olympics coming up in just a couple of weeks. That is a, a really cool story and on july 7 2018 our inaugural season lafc defeats orlando city at the bank 4-1 behind a brace from hashtag bring back dio 28th minute and the 82nd minute for dio on his two goals the other two scored by latif blessing and diego Rossi, and it was the triumphant return of the king from his World Cup stint with Mexico. Carlos Vela making his return to the black and gold, subbing on to a rousing ovation in the 64th minute. But Philly, my favorite part out of all of it, the honorary falconer that night was part of the Ramley, the greatest punter in Rams history. Still part of the Ramley. And my favorite NFL player going Johnny Hecker shout out to Johnny Hecker we know you listen to the podcast we appreciate you listening we're supposed to have him on the pod actually we, what happened to that he he turns out he does a lot of charity work on the side and like could never get it to go Johnny hey what's going on buddy brand season's about to start we need you on the pod brother. we want Johnny Hecker on the pod it is one of my bucket list guests I am I'm not making fun when I say legitimately the Rams punter is my favorite player in the NFL. Nobody would ever guess that with all your mentions about (laughs) that one man from New England who's now paying less in state income tax down in Tampa. All right, can I just say something real quick? Real quick. You, You brought him up, not me. Okay, let's be clear. Bryson DeChambeau drives this ball like 395 yards in that little skills game that they were playing with like, who was it? It was Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Bryson DeChambeau, and Phil Mickelson. Dude, then Tommy proceeds to drive it like almost as far on the very same drive. Greatest living American. That's all I got to say. That ends this day in LAFC history. News and notes. We just have a couple of small things. How about some new bar partners 
for LAFC. This was exciting. We saw the tweet about it right before the Real Salt Lake game, right down the street from where I work on Pico. The stalking horse is still a bar partner, so we're really excited to maybe head down there to watch a match, maybe hold a Defenders of the Bank watch party down at Stalking Horse or something. But Philly, we got some really cool new creative bar partners for LAFC. Yeah, we got 18 new bar partners that they just tweeted about, posted about, et cetera, et cetera. And we've come a long way from our first season where we had bar partners. There was a time when Tom's Urban was a bar partner for LAFC, and I will never forget you and I and the girls. We went over to Tom's Urban right by the Staples Center because, well, they said it was an LAFC bar and it was a happy medium between where I live and where you guys live. We happened to walk in. Hey, you guys got the LAFC game on. No clue. They had zero clue what the heck LAFC was. <laughs> I was going to say, it's not that they didn't know that there was a game. They didn't know who LAFC was. <laughs> no, and, and, and the funny thing is, the reason why we even lost that sponsors, because, well, you know, AG is right there. Once they figured out right around on their doorstep, there's an LAFC bar partner right next to a Galaxy the a Galaxy corporate office, basically. They put the shebang bang and the shenane on that. So that's why Tom's Urban isn't there. But I digress. Party Beer Co., y'all know that. 33 Taps, now you know that. The Brit. Brooklyn Avenue Pizza Co. Casa de Pancho. Not Casa, not, not Janela, although we did have a hashtag free poncho today. Uh, the Garage Motor Club. Been there a whole bunch. Fresh off the hook fish grill, a place that you know and our buddy Slippy knows real well. Joxer Dailies. Yeah. And then we have La, Chup- uh, La Chuperia, my apologies. La which, Perla which, del Mar. Which La, which La Chuperia, Philly? Uh, that's a really good question because I apparently tagged one in Alhambra and it was the wrong one. So don't go to Alhambra. I, I seem to have a tendency for doing these things. Then we have La Perla del Mar Bar and Grill. Lucky Baldwins, obviously in Pasadena, you all heard Lucky's. Plenty of t- about Lucky's plenty of times. The Lucky's hang out at Lucky's. Then you got O'Brien's Irish Pub and Restaurant, The Parlor, Q Club Sports Lounge, our bar, not ours, but literally oh, ours. I've and been to Romeo. our bar. That's awesome. Rocco's Tavern. You mentioned it earlier. The Stalking Horse and Next Round Bar and Grill. So these are all our LAFC bar partners. If you're looking for watch parties, if you're looking for places to go catch the away games, or if you don't have a ticket to the game at the bank, these are among 18 places that you can choose from to enjoy an LAFC game. Yeah, I, I do want to mention, Philly, you had the great idea to start posting all the different watch parties on our, our Instagram stories, too. That was kind of neat. So make sure, guys, before every match, you check out our feed on Instagram. We'll make sure to post as many watch parties as we hear about. So wherever you are over the course, Philly's apparently watching videos on his phone while we're doing this. Well, I'm uh, setting something up. So I know you are. So wherever you are over the, uh, in all of L.A. County, you know, you, I know that extends all the way down to like Carson and things like that. If you're ever out in any of the far reaches of L.A. County, make sure you hit us up. Check, check out the Instagram page and we'll make sure that we get you up to date on all the different watch parties. Philly, it started out as a couple internet rumors and then ESPN Deportes ran with this, and and they're not usually someone that reports on just rumors. But Philly, we can now say with 100% certainty, thanks to one Bob Bradley, that yes, indeed, Bruce Elmesmari, and more on who that is in just a second, Bruce Elmesmari is indeed going to be black and gold. Philly, let's play a clip 
from the press conference, from Bob's mouth to your ears. Yeah, here's the best part. We don't know whether or not he meant to do it. He was asked by an ESPN person about it, and he answered it. So whether or not LAFC's made it official, Bob indicated that it's happening. Here is the clip. I think uh, the reporter who asked the question had his kid screaming in the background. So if you do hear that, it's that dude's kid, not ours. What do you think about him uh, like uh, a soccer player and uh, what's going to be uh, the destiny of the player? Yeah, um, I'm only getting to know him a little bit now. I know uh, his background. I know his time at Pachuca. Uh, and I'm looking forward to getting to see him more in training and seeing, seeing his qualities. There you have it. From the words of Bob Bradley, he is looking forward to seeing Bruce Elmesmeri on the training field. So, obviously, we got some announcements that we're expecting the club to make. But, Scarf, why don't you tell all the Defenders listeners about this young 17-year-old signee from Pachuca? Well, I, I believe he's 19, uh, according to Transfer Market. I don't know. I think, I think oh, he's 19 well, years well, the old. ESPN thing said... That doesn't matter. Listen, we, we're, we're going off of transfer market for now. 19- he can't legally drink. Let's put it that That's way. That's true. Although in his native home of Cancun, I'm sure he might be able to find a beverage or two. Let's see. Philly, do we have any other players on the roster that are born in like the Cancun area that you can think of? Carlos Vela has led a very charmed life. <laughs> let's put it that way. All right. So this kid is coming from the same hometown as Carlos Vela. He has represented... L3 at the U15, U17, and U20 levels. Currently on Pachuca's... It, he's got to be 17 years old because the last... No, no, no. He's, he's he 19. Is, I he just is, confirmed okay. April 23rd, 2002. Yeah, just wanted to make sure. He's currently representing Pachuca, but Pachuca no longer. He was uh, on shout- Pachuca's U17. That's where I got... Yeah, mis- exactly. Led. Shout out to Dave Denholm, by the way. His One of his favorite matchups in all of world soccer is the Toluca-Pachuca matchup. Mm. And uh, I'm not going to lie, because of Dave Denholm, I now follow the Toluca-Pachuca matchup just so I can see how they do. He is from the Pachuca system, Cancun, Mexico, Bruce El Mesmari. He's got all kinds of cool nicknames floating around out He's there. He's also got the Armenian descent. Yeah, he, it's a really cool little, little package here that we're getting from this 19-year-old kid. And we can say 19 years old and call him a kid because he's literally half our age, which is kind of crazy. Gross. But we're really looking forward to seeing what this kid can bring. Uh, Philly, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think he'll be coming over on any sort of DP money or DP contract like that. I don't know. But, I mean, look, we, we know the Brian Rodriguez situation still has to resolve itself. That's what's got his handcuffed. Yeah, so so we'll see what happens. But Bruce Elmesmari apparently is a thing, Philly. And you know what else became a thing? Apparently, LAFC winning on the road as we head into Q2 Stadium, the house that Al Rate built. <laughs> and, look, I can't wait to get there. I'm a little bummed that LAFC and Al Rate came together to schedule this game on a Wednesday to keep Philly and the Scarf out of the building because they know we might help tear the place down. But Definitely uh, in Austin, we a, would tear things down. A Wednesday matchup. First of all, these are always fun because, you know, as we're recording, I'm looking at the clock going, all right, I have to be at work in like eight hours. Sweet. Cool. Love it. But that being said, Philly, our first trip to Austin, a rousing success. The Q2 Arena, undefeated, no longer. Philly, 
Let's get right into the recap of the match between Austin FC and your black and gold of LAFC. Yeah, real quick, for those of you who don't know who Al Raid is, Al Raid is a good friend of ours who once was the director of match day presentation at LAFC. He took a promotion, moved over to Austin, broke all of our hearts, and now he's the senior director of fan experience and events. And all those pictures of everybody at LAFC taking their photographs with Al, Lauren Terry and Alex Sale and our and our buddy Casey. It just oh, break, breaks my heart that there's so many people getting so to jealous. spend time with our buddy Al. We miss you, Al. We definitely do. We we tend to FaceTime him from time to time and uh, <laughs> sing songs about how much we love him. But that's who Al is. I did text him an apology after the match, Philly. I said, sorry, we, we beat your team. <laughs> well, he's probably going to respond later. But yes, we go down to Q2 Arena. And the first eight games of this season, their inaugural season, Austin FC hasn't had the ability to play at home. They have not. They've been on the road, and they spent much longer on the road than we did. I think we were, what, five games away from five the Five games, correct. They had eight games. And despite the fact that they lost to us in their season opener, we're going to be giving them nightmares, by the way. <laughs> they, they had a pretty decent month of May, and then after they beat Minnesota United, their goal scoring was be, is non-existent. Two goals over the course of eight matches, not very good stuff. But then, all of a sudden, they exploded against the pesky pine trees of Portland where they put up four goals, four goals to Portland's one. So you're thinking coming into this matchup, all right, these guys are going to be fired up. They had three games coming into this matchup, two games that were 0-0, obviously boring. Then the offensive explosion that they had, are they going to start playing LAFC with a chip on their shoulder? Because LAFC beat them in in their inaugural opener. Much to see, but LAFC, and here's a spoiler alert, still undefeated against expansion teams. <laughs> FC Cincinnati didn't beat us. Uh, Austin, uh, we have Inner Miami didn't beat us. And now we've beaten Austin twice. There you go. So 4-0 thus far against these expansion clubs. Look, we played this team a couple of months ago, beat them 2 nothing. Spoiler alert, same scoreline in this one. But this was a vastly different Austin team that we saw in that matchup just a couple of months ago. We're talking about the injury bug, not just biting one or two players, but really taking out the majority of their attack that we saw in that first matchup. We're talking about no Danny Hosen, no Nick Lima, no Tomas Pochettino, no Ben Sweat. I mean, these are guys that really made an impact in that first match. Ben Sweat played very, very well. Nick Lima played very, very well. Danny Hosen is one of those MLS veterans that always seems to be in the right place at the right time. He learned under the great Chris Wondolowski. So six different starters, Philly, for Austin FC coming into this match. FC Broccoli needing to pick six new stalks off the vine. I don't even know how broccoli grows. I know it grows in the ground. I don't know why I said vine, but that's fine. Well, after tonight, we know it gets cooked. There you go. Six different starters. One of the absolute stalwarts, though, for this club has been goalkeeper Brad Stuver, who I still maintain. His name sounds like one of the villains from the Die Hard movie. Brad Stuver had played in nine matches 
over the last, I believe, eight or nine years in his career coming into this. And yes, he is one of a couple of very few players that's still playing in Major League Soccer who have ties to the Chivas USA organization. He was there in 2013. He's also been with Columbus. He's been with NYCFC. And over the course of since 2013, from 2013 to 2020, he had played in nine total matches and given up, by the way, a ton of goals in those nine matches. Well, he has put it all together this season. 12 games before this match, four clean sheets, unfortunately, some of them coming in nil-nil draws, which are super fun. So, But this kid, look, he has been very, very good. Unfortunately, he wasn't great tonight, but Brad Stuver has been fun to watch. If you know the twins, friends of the podcast, part of the Defenders family, they're the ones who conducted our first bilingual interview with Edward Atuesta. Eddie Segura. I mean, Edward, what did I say? He gave us a spoiler, Defenders. We're we're waiting on Edward Atuesta confirmation. He will be on Defenders of the Bank. Let let's let me just say that again though. He conducted they conducted our first bilingual interview with Eddie Segura, which by the way was incredible. That happened. <laughs> shout out shout out to Eddie's little guy, by the way, who made a surprise and star appearance on the podcast. That was so much fun. He doesn't mean Lalo. <laughs> no, I do. Oh wow. Make sure you guys go back and listen to that interview with Eddie Segura. We had a great time interviewing Eddie. Uh, a friend of theirs who they grew up playing with, that would be MLS Cup winner last year of the Columbus crew, now of Austin FC and starting on the back line, Hector Jimenez, Julio Cascante, the good Beastler, Matt Beastler back there, along with Slovenian Zon Kolmanic. Kid, I really like the way Zon Kolmanic played. He plays for Slovenia. Alex Ring, Daniel Pereira, and Jared Stroud, their team leader in assists with three long long, long time New England Revolution player Diego Fagundes finally unlocked from the uh, the Northeast there and playing in Austin, Diego Fagundes, Kakuta Mane, who, let's just say he didn't have a great game. Uh, one of those times, I thought he was playing for LAFC at one point. He was <laughs> playing so badly. He wasn't even on my scouting report. Yeah, let's just say a couple of his shots were just a bit outside. <laughs> and Cecilio Dominguez at the head of the attack, their designated player, the 26-year-old Paraguayan, their true number 10, with three goals and two assists on the season coming in. And I firmly believe he might be a player that we see at Bank of California Stadium in the Liga MX versus MLS All-Star game. That's I fair. Think I really think Cecilio might be one of the representatives there for MLS. On the bench, a couple of names that I want to make sure we mention. Rodney Redis, their first signing in team history. Sebastian Nepotism Burhalter out there on the bench. <laughs> and Philly, <laughs> we get to play a game that we never get to play on this podcast anymore. Name that Perez. It's Manny Perez, the North Carolina kid who played in all places, Philly, at Celtic. The kid played at Celtic from North Carolina to the Scottish legendary team of Celtic. And now here on Defenders of the Bank, the podcast, he gets to play. Name that Perez when his name is called. And that is the lineup for FC Broccoli Philly. One key omission, John Gallagher. John Gallagher, formerly of the Atlanta United. Hurt, he, he has a boo-boo on his foot. Yeah, a, a left midfoot strain. The kid, he's going to go down in, in Austin FC lore because he was the first player to ever score a first goal. Arena. He's got two goals on the season, one assist. 
You talk about the Scottish Premier League. This dude, Atlanta United, loaned him out to Scottish Premier Club Aberdeen. Yep. Aberdeen, where Sir Alex Ferguson once was the gaffer before going over to Manchester United. And another team, I will tie it to LAFC, uh, well, another team that, well, Christian Ramirez is going there. Club He's, legend Christian Ramirez legend. headed to Aberdeen. There you go, but Philly. But yeah, I just wanted to mention John Gallagher, not pronounced Gallagher. Right. Philly, who played for the black and gold? Who was in the lineup? So as far as LAFC is concerned, we have Thomas Romero in between the pipes. I heard earlier on that, uh, and this is Thomas Romero saying this, that Pablo Cisniega actually outplayed him over the course of the week at the Performance Center over at Cal State LA. And you think, if you hear that, and the fact that it's Pablo's birthday, would we see Pablo Cisniega between the pipes? But no, it was Thomas Romero. Our backline, so we start off with like a, a 5-3-2. We have Kim Moon Juan, who has been stellar, Eddie Segura, Jesus David Murillo, Marco Farfan, and our wait. What All right, moment of the podcast? In. Raheem Edwards? On the back look, line? Look, look, I scratched my head on this. <laughs> and I listened to the presser with Bob after the match. And he was asked about Raheem Edwards. And Bob's exact words, and I quote, were, you know, he's picked up ideas, he's worked hard, he's made a lot of progress. He has the ability to step up on the left side and make stops. End quote. Bob was really happy with the way he played today. We're going to talk about that over the course of the match, but he made his first MLS start. He definitely was our wait. What? what moment of the match? Absolutely. And by the way, real quick, if you guys could just DM us on Instagram at Defenders of the Bank and explain to at least the scarf, because my simple soccer mind doesn't understand things sometimes. If simple Mar- soccer scarf. There you go. Nice if, alliteration. If, uh, if, if he's playing on the outside and Marco Farfan is kind of playing that outside role, can you just explain to me the purpose of having Raheem Edwards and Marco Farfan right next to there to each other? I, I don't understand. My, my simple soccer brain doesn't get those things or why Bob would have tried it. So DM me. You can have either DM me directly at LAFC underscore the scarf too. So sorry, Philly. No, no, that that's is, okay. That's our I, five on the back line. But I would venture to guess that most of the defenders and L- listeners and, and fans of this club are not only going to question what you just asked, but probably question why is he even on the team? Anyway, that's <laughs> neither here nor there. The rest of the lineup, not shocking. Latif Blessing, Jose Cifuentes, who uh, you know is uh, still our leading scorer, Edward Atuesta, Diego Rossi, Carlos Vela. Our bench, Pablo Cisniega, happy birthday. Jordan Harvey, Mamadou Fall, Pancho Janela, Bryce Duke, Cal Jennings, Corey Baird, Alvaro Quesada, Tristan Blackman, Keo Missions, Cheeky Palacios just got back from Copa America, so he would, wouldn't see him. Raito apparently is going to be back in training. I don't know. They're having negotiations. It, it still doesn't seem like he wants to come back, which, well, if he does, I can't say I'm going to cheer for his name. Or He's been his name. eerily quiet in the media lately. Though. Yeah, get that. And then uh, and another key omission that I know a lot of you people are going to be upset about, Mark Anthony K. He <laughs> went away on July the 3rd going to represent Team Canada. So that's the story there. Scarf, let's get into this game. How about the first minute of the match? And we already get a yellow on Daniel Pereira Didn't for take a long. hard foul on LAFC. I mean, it was one of those things where you're like, oh, all right. We got 89 minutes left to go with a kid on a yellow. Let's attack that side. Let's make some things happen. In the fifth minute, Diego Rossi missing just high over the crossbar. And nice by... setup by Sifu, though. Yeah, that was a beautiful setup by Sifu. 
And Thomas Romero doing his best Tyler Miller impression, <laughs> wandering pretty far out of goal near that left corner, also playing defender a little bit. And in the ninth minute, Philly Cecilio giving us a little bit of heart palpitations with a shot wide from just outside the box. It, Cecilio proved time and time again in this match. First of all, he did not get a lot of help. He was the tip of that diamond, as they like to say, but really didn't get a lot of help up and down the line there with any service whatsoever that could put him in a good spot. But he did get good service there in the ninth minute and his shot just wide. He does not, Philly, need a lot of space at all. But another player, Philly, who doesn't need a lot of space at all in the 10th minute, that would be Kim Moon Hwan. Yeah, Kim Moon Hwan had a great move. He put the Slovenian Komanic in his pocket, had a great, great cross. Diego Rossi, the recipient, tried to head it, but... Stuver making another really good play. The guys only let up one goal per game on average, an 81.8% save percentage, looking pretty good and obviously getting tested. But Kim Moon-Wan showing us all why he just, he's going to, I don't know, I would say he's been my MVP the last couple of games. Look, Philly, I've he's said He's been it, the most impressive, I'll say absolutely. that. Absolutely, I've said it on the podcast the last couple of times now. Most exciting player wearing black and gold right now. We're undefeated when he plays and, more than 80 minutes. Absolutely, and how about Diego Rossi? Getting all of that header, it just happened to go right at Brad Stuver. Thanks, Brad. Uh, but Thanks, yeah, no, Brad. the ball the ball went right at Brad Stuver because Rossi though got all of the header, so that was pretty cool to see Rossi get all of it. Eleventh minute, apparently we're just trying to raise Brad Stuver's shooting percentage or save percentage. Vela with a shot from the top of the half circle. I'm going to just keep calling it the half circle because I forget what people told me it was called earlier. Regardless, again, it's nice to see them being aggressive. Though. Yeah, again though, right at Brad Stuver. In the 13th minute, the Twins Oof. buddy, Hector Jimenez, a shot missing wide for Austin FC. And I'm like, hey, 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 we know your friends are watching from here in California. Stop. Stop it, Hector. That's not okay. You and he does won. have a goal so far on this season. He does Not have many a goal people on, on Austin season. do. Oh, my goodness. That's right. Only, what, five goal scorers, I think, on the year? If that, the majority of this offense goes between Fagundes and, obviously, Cecilio. Yeah, Marco Farfan with a beautiful block of a shot in the 18th minute. But LAFC having some real issues with possession. And, in fact, Philly, that would go all the way up until the 22nd minute. And we'll talk about what happened in the 23rd. But a huge save for Tomas Romero to his right on Kakuta Mane. The corner led to nothing. That was a really good chance for Kakuta Mane that just happened to go right at Tomas Romero. Uh, you know, one of those things that, that I, I like to see is the positioning, the footwork, where Tomas Romero was. He seemed like he was in a good spot. Really like that. Never want to get caught letting in a goal on your near side. Absolutely. And look, Kakuta Mane, this was his best scoring chance. After this, he did not have a good match. LAFC having a lot of trouble getting possession, Philly, until the 23rd minute. Yeah, we had a goal. Woo! Or did we? No. Blessing had a pass to Sifu. Yeah. And then Vela, what we thought was going to get his second goal of the season. Light the candle. But they got called back. Not because it was offside. He was totally on. But because of a play that I actually wrote notes for, I wanted to credit this to him, Raheem Edwards hustling. But Raheem Edwards had a foul on Austin FC's captain, Alex Ring, the Finnish guy, captain everywhere he goes. Yep. He's captain of NYCFC as yep. well. He got a foul. That's what was reviewed. And I believe, Scarf, yes. you in your simple Scarf mind, if there is a play where they can look back on it, where if there's a foul that occurs that 
gave the ball up in terms of possession and it led to a goal, that can be questioned based on VAR. That is correct. And sir. that is exactly what happened. Vela wasn't off. All the passing was fine. It's just the foul on Raheem Edwards that was the uh, the killer of that. So we go from being up one nothing in Jovial to, oh, dang, 0-0. And I really want to applaud Raheem Edwards' hustle. But I guess... Uh, the ref and VAR don't think that the back of a hamstring is, uh, you know, part of the ball. Yeah, he definitely it was a definite foul. Blow out the candle. No goal there for <laughs> Carlos Vela. Oh, I like that. Also well in the 26th minute, another save on an easy shot by Kakuta Mane. I feel like we talked about trying to raise Brad Stuver's save percentage. I think Kakuta was doing the best job he could for our buddy Tomas Romero. How about in the 27th minute? We got Latif to Kim Moon Juan to Diego Rossi with a rocket. But nobody told Carlos Vela they were taking that shot, and that ball drilled Carlos Vela, and it looked like it was going to be on goal, maybe in the upper half there, and could have been a goal. So really, we we should. Yeah, Carlos was like, you know what, Diego? I don't want you to be the first goal scorer of the game. I mean, you, you know, apparently he knew what he was doing. Not, right, my right, goodness. Right. No, no. No, hopefully. In the 30th minute, another easy save for Tomas Romero on Diego Fagundes. Philly, look, one of the things that we have talked about really separates Tomas Romero from Pablo Cisniega. Not his athleticism. I think Pablo is just as athletic as any keeper in Major League Soccer. Better be when both your parents are Olympians. Right? But it's his footwork and his passing. We've said it time and time again. The way he delivers the ball, the precision, the way that he moves his feet. In the 32nd minute, do not watch that on a clinic for how Tomas Romero should be passing. An awful turnover. But LAFC got all the way back to block the shot and then retain possession. Marco Farfan, baby. Farfan was incredible in this match. He played a really, really good match. And Philly, I have this for later on in the notes, but can we just talk about it right now? Why not? Is there a player that takes more of a beating right now for LAFC than number 32, Marco Farfan? I mean, in past seasons, I would say Latif was the target of a lot of beatdowns. Yep. And Carlos would get attacked and beaten up quite a bit too. Doesn't seem like they're, even though Latif did limp off the field later on in the game, we'll talk about that in a bit, but no, Marco Farfan gets hit hard. And even on plays where he doesn't even come in aggressively, like when he got body checked out of the way where we see um, there was a, there's a foul on him. I mean, he's just left and right getting his butt kicked. Yeah. I mean, that might not affect him now because he's young. He has the ability to Logan Wolverine recover, but... I mean, at some point, these, these knocks are going to catch up to him. Look, in the 34th minute, Philly, your favorite first family of football in the United States. Oh, boy. It's the Burhalters. <laughs> Meet Sebastian Burhalter. That's right. Nepotism at its finest. He subs on for Daniel Pereira. So on that yellow, he comes out just 33 minutes later. And, and just two minutes later, they decide, no, 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 you can't, you can't leave without a yellow. It's going to be another yellow this time on Julio Cascante for losing a 50-50 ball to Latif. I don't know. I don't, I think, I think Julio had a point on that one. He was pretty upset about the yellow. It's just one of those things where Latif, when he goes flying and sprawling through the air like he did, he kind of sold it really well. So that's a yellow card. And in the 38th minute, Philly, we got a set piece for Carlitos Vela. Yeah, he floats one in towards Segura, who heads it, and we'll call it softly, to Stuber. But a minute later, in the 39th minute, Stuber makes a very soft pass, which gets intercepted by Kim Moon Hwan. He passes to Vela, who then returns the favor, 
Kim Moon takes a shot, but it gets blocked by Stuver, upping that save percentage. But the way he slapped it out, and, and by that angle, look like he slapped it out with his left hand. The ball found its way to the capable legs of Jose Cifuentes, and he's there to kick it up and slam it home. But you got to credit, and he becomes our, four, our, our leading scorer at this point with four goals. Four. But you got to credit that play to Kim Moon because it was his wherewithal, it was his vision, it was his hustle to intercept that soft pass. Passed by Stuver, and uh, and that's who really should get some type of an assist on that play because he made it happen. But we got Jose Cifuentes getting his fourth goal of the season, and LAFC one to nothing. Yeah, look, Sifu has been the spark. It's, I mean, look, Philly. I feel like we're talking about the last match. Kim my stock rising on one ten last game. Kim Moon Juan, Jose Cifuentes, the energy, that drive that we need, that extra little bit of push, that spark, whatever you want to call it. It has been them the entire time. 41st minute, great defense by that entire left side with Farfan, Atuesta, and especially Raheem Edwards. I mean, let's talk about it. This is a good little run, little moment for Raheem Edwards. Not only does he dispossess Austin in our defensive third, but takes it all the way up the pitch into Austin's defensive third. So a nice little run there. And Philly, in what will become a little bit of a mini theme, stoppage time lasting six whole minutes. My goodness. Another yellow in stoppage time for Latif being dragged down. Sifu misses a shot. There was a header over the bar as well. And we end. And Vela, too, with an attempt within the 45th plus uh, two, 47th. That's right. So the, uh, the half ends, Philly. one nothing LAFC. And look, any half we go into up a goal rather than down a goal, that's a good half. I would say so, and uh, we, we definitely had more shots, uh, not by many, we had 10 to their 9, but two more shots on target, 5 to 3. Possession, and we're going to talk about this later, uh, just keep that in the back of your mind, 62% to 38% Austin. Passing accuracy, this is where LAFC was not very good, 72% passing accuracy, I would say the midfield for the most part was a bit of a mess. Bit of a mess. 72% passing, very uncharacteristic of LAFC, but I guess you got to tip your hat off to the uh, to the green and black attack of Austin FC. And so that's the story as far as the first half is concerned. Going into the second half, we had a bit of a heart attack, Scarf, because we, uh, first like several minutes, we didn't get it because of the stream. The stream was anything but a dream for the first couple of minutes at Party Birko. Look, shout out to Party Beer Co. for figuring things out. A little help from Verizon and my mobile hotspot that we were able to get things going. Technology. Up until the 58th minute. Guys, we're not going to lie to you. From about the 45th minute to the 58th minute, we didn't see a whole lot. Nope. Didn't but see a whole but lot everything was good after that. Everything was great after that. It was, it was fantastic. We know we saw just in time for them to come back. I believe it was in the 40. 40- ninth minute let's say we had a save on thomas romero on diego fagundes yet again and and philly just one of those little rough patches there but right after we got out of it 58th minute on we were good to go i i want to mention a a couple of raheem edwards moments a moment with raheem in the (laughs) 60th minute he he crashes into stuber going after the goal and then in the 61st Let's call that cross that he took in the 61st 
an ambitious cross. In You're a that, lot nicer than I am. I it, called it his WTF pass. Yeah, it was not close to any player on the field. It was actually closer to wherever. It doesn't even matter. I don't even know where he was sitting. Closer to wherever Matthew McConaughey was sitting if he was there. <laughs> and you know what? If McConaughey wasn't there, if he was in an apartment somewhere near downtown Austin, it was still closer to Matthew McConaughey than it was anybody in black and gold on the pitch. But luckily, Philly... We had the 12th man, and no, I'm not talking about the incredible LAFC faithful, the 3252 that traveled to Q2 Arena. I'm talking to Kakuta Mane in the 64th minute. Again, just a bit outside. I just thought of Bob Euchre, ball four, ball eight, ball 12, and he's walked the bases loaded. How can they lay off pitches this close? Kakuta Mane is to shooting a soccer ball as to what Giannis Antetokounmpo is to shooting a three-pointer. Just back as far off as you can, give him all the room he needs, and let him fire away, because it's probably not going to be anywhere close. Shout out. No, that ball ended in San Antonio. Oh, yeah. Shout out to the 12th man in black and gold. They just didn't know it in Austin. Kakutamane. Indeed, indeed. 67th minute. Far fan, we're talking about how, uh, oh. how many times he got beat up. He got rocked by Fagundes. Yeah. That, that was real tough. Then we started seeing some subs in the 68th. We had Stroud come out for, uh, for Paredes. I'm sorry, Redis, their, their very first signing in team history. And then a minute later, we get <laughs> Redis gets his name on the stat sheet. Why? Because we got a yellow card foul, Farfan foul on him. Yep, 70th minute, yellow card on Farfan, foul on Redis, and, uh, you know, there's no play on that. But then LAFC starts to get some subbage within the 72nd minute. We have Tristan Blackman in for Raheem Edwards. And I got to say, it wasn't really easy watching Raheem Edwards. Like, he had some hustle. He made some pretty good plays. But that that pass to, I, I called it, you called it the ambitious pass. I called it the WTF pass. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't want to say he's he's more of a USL talent. Uh, but that's what I saw. I think we might have to go back to watch this game again because at the end of the game, Bob's presser, he said that Raheem came out mainly because he was cramping. And then he said Raheem played a good game. Again, I'd have to go back to the video to determine that. But, I mean, Bob saw it. I thought Raheem didn't play it a, that good of a game. But, you know, Bob obviously knows things, and I don't. I am not the second all-time winningest coach <laughs> in MLS or, or anything for that matter. Look, uh, the, I'm not going to say that I felt more confident with Tristan Blackman coming in after the last time he well, played. I'd take him over Raheem Edwards 11 out of 10 times. I, I hear you, except the last time I watched him play, he dragged two play, actually the same player, down from behind twice and picked up a straight red. So I was holding my breath a little bit, Philly. We still only had the one goal margin. So I was a little worried, a little more worried, Philly, in the 82nd minute, you mentioned it earlier, Latif Blessing limping off the field. Not sure I'm loving Latif Blessing limping off the field, although Philly, he has, what, 10, 11 days now to get healthy before our next match. Let's see, today's, ooh, 10 days, that's right. We play on the 17th in our next match. I believe that's RSL again. I feel like we played RSL. Back at the bank. Like 15 Tailgate, baby. But Latif limping off. Look, we've seen a lot of you on social media calling for this, and we're not talking about bring back Dio. We're definitely not talking about fire Bob. You can go take a walk for those people that want to fire Bob. We are talking about free poncho. That's right. In the 83rd minute. And I'd like to believe, Philly, that he was maybe part of the sub plans anyway. 
for this match, but definitely in the 83rd minute. We call that the scarf minute, the 83rd minute. The Philly minute is the 80th minute. But the 83rd minute, the scarf minute, okay, I it's like it. time to... He got there. Philly got there. I had to think about that I, We did not at all talk about that. I just sprung that on no, him right good. now. No, that's good. That's good. Was, got me thinking. That was, was kind of... I clearly was paying there. attention on like you earlier on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, a sub in, it's Poncho Janela in for Latif, and we definitely hope that Latif heals up. A little bit of yellow to end the match for Jesus David Murillo in the 86th. And again, another save by Tomas Romero also in the 86th minute. But Philly, let's talk about as we are ready to close out this match first. In the 88th minute, Rossi, who who chose Sifu over Vela on that pass, I didn't really know what was going on there. I mean, look, if I've got number 10 on the wing on one side and anybody else on the other, I'm going with Carlos Vela. But it didn't hurt us for very long, Philly. Just flash forward to the 89th minute. Yeah, Carlos Vela had a nice long pass to a wide open Diego Rossi. And he slams it past Stuver to the right, getting his fourth goal of the season, tying his teammate Jose Jose Cifuentes. And Carlos Vela, despite not scoring that many goals this season, pads his stats as the team's leading scorer. That was his fourth assist to add to Rossi's fourth goal. I guess he couldn't stand having having Sifu have more goals than him. Rossi got that ball, and to quote my inner Bruno, he said, Ish, don't think so. Slams <laughs> one past Stuver. The icing on the cake, the nail in Austin FC's coffin. It was a beautiful thing. 2-0 LAFC, and we get an extra six minutes of stoppage, making that a grand total of 12 extra minutes of stoppage over Yay. the course of the game. And we had a couple of things that happened over the course of these six minutes, right? Oh, yeah. We had Sifu who almost poached one there with a little toe-pick goal on a turnover there by Brad Stuver. Look, I think... Austin had a good opportunity as we neared, I was what, almost seven full minutes, I think, of stoppage time is what it wound up actually going. But you saw over the first three or four minutes of stoppage time, Philly, a dead-legged Austin FC team. They just looked tired. They looked like they didn't have a lot. Philly, close out the match for us as we end stoppage time. Yeah, so we we end up with the win. And an interesting sub, by the way, like the 90 plus fifth. Corey Baird got subbed in. You won't see that on ESPN's commentary because it happened towards the end. That was kind of funny. But LAFC wins two to nothing. And the stats, the stats are very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. So LAFC didn't take that many more shots on goal. All right, we had 12. With six of them being on target, not a big difference from the previous half. They were 10 and 5 prior. They were only 12 and 6 this time around. The possession didn't really change much. Austin FC with 60% of it to LAFC's 41%. The, the passing accuracy, LAFC still stayed below 75%. But the interesting tale is they won the game. They won the game, and we're used to LAFC dominating on all fronts, having more passes, having better passing accuracy, possessing the ball more, taking more shots. But these past couple of games where we've seen them win, they, uh, they're they not out-possessing the teams. They aren't out-passing the teams. But yet, they're finding ways to win. And I'll tell you what, I'd rather win ugly th- than lose pretty. I mean, this is, this is fine. They didn't play their best. Not going to say that they did. But they got a second win in a row, which doesn't happen, hasn't happened very often over the course of the past couple of seasons, and a second road win in a spot that isn't 
Sandy, Utah. LAFC picking up six points in their last two games on the road. Pretty cool stuff. And you know, they were so darn close till he's snatching a point away from Sporting Kansas City. I would say this road trip, their last three games, a very, very successful departure from LA for LAFC. Uh, from LA by LAFC, coming home with 10-day vacation, and I would say some confidence and some smiling to their faces. Yeah, look, we should be all smiles after these last two matches. Six points. A really strong effort for LAFC. Look, four more saves. I do want to give a quick shout-out to Brad Stuver. I just want to point this out. Four more saves for Brad on the night. That puts him in the MLS lead with 58 saves already on the season. Two ahead of Bond, Jonathan Bond, over in Carson. And look, he's the only player, only keeper in the top 16 who has a save percentage over 80 and he's leading the league in saves. I mean, it's, it's absolutely incredible what he's done to be able to keep this team into the mix again, losing two nothing, but on the backs of Brad Stuver doing everything that they possibly could. But let's talk about LAFC in the standings. Now, first of all, you mentioned it, I think, or I mentioned it. Someone mentioned it. It's their first loss at Q2 arena. We opened up the new Providence Park with a loss for Portland. That was fun for us there. And now we're helping Austin get their first loss off of their ballpark, the Q2 Arena. Again, sorry, Al. LAFC now solidifying their place. I'm not sorry, Al. Oh, he's not sorry. I love you, but I love LAFC a little more than uh, Austin. Oh, boy. I mean, a lot more. What am I talking about? I was trying to find a fun way to tie things. I'm just going to shut up. Solidifying their place at the table. Still fifth, but now after taking six points from their last two, are on 18 points through 12 matches. Clean sheets in their last two. And don't look now, but that's three clean sheets in four matches for Tomas Romero. And all of a sudden, he's in the top 10 in Major League Soccer in clean sheets on the season. And he's played four games, people. Three clean sheets and four. Now second in the West with only 12 goals allowed. We're tied with a couple of teams, but it's Seattle who, again, shut out again today. So Seattle with only eight goals given up on the season. And look, five wins, four losses, three draws now on the season. And LAFC peaking when we need to peak right now. We'll get a little bit of rest come the All-Star break in about a month or so. But we look pretty good, Philly, heading into that matchup 10 days from now against Real Salt Lake at the bank. Yep, I'm pretty proud of this team. Uh, they're, they're, they're picking things up. I wouldn't say they're peaking. I would say they're just getting warmed up. And like I said, we're, we're not used to seeing them not dominate matches. But if they want to play back, Bob's obviously messing around with the lineup a little bit. He's not going 4-3-3 the whole time around. He did a 5-3-2 this time around. I, I have no problem letting the other team outpossess LAFC as long as we have better shots and, and, and more goals. That's really what happens. Not scoring goals seems to be a problem for this team. They haven't put up more than two goals in any game this season. However, they haven't given up more than two goals per game either, which is pretty darn awesome. If we're looking at a seesaw in years past, <laughs> be on the high end with goals scored, all right? We would get plenty of goals scored on us. Now it's starting to kind of come to a middle-ish. You know, we're not letting in very many goals, but we're not scoring very many goals. And and, and you know what? Like I said, I'll, I'll take it as long as we start winning. And as far as Tomas Romero's concerned, in four games, the kid's got three clean sheets. 
I mean, we almost gave him a tie at the very least, almost gave him a clean sheet against Sporting Kansas City. A couple of mishaps that happened led to his loss right there. But look, there's nothing wrong with Pablo Cisniega, in case you guys are wondering. There are no injuries. Romero just has been good, right? We heard that Pablo, that's not my stomach, nor is it scarves. That apparently is the dishwasher that is on a timer. So if you can hear that, it's not our bellies. Now, Pablo said it earlier. He outplayed Tomas Romero over the course of training this past week. Tomas even said he thought Pablo would get the start. Didn't happen. So there's nothing wrong with Cisniega. I don't know if we have a goalkeeper controversy going, but I'm sure at this point, all of you are seeing that Tomas Romero, even though he started the season off as what? Uh, he's going to possibly be our third string keeper. Right? Now he's our, our, our starter with a bunch of clean sheets. I mean, I don't think over the course of last year we had any of the keepers had had that many clean sheets. I'd have to look back and, and, and check that out, but Romero's pretty good. And once again, we are we have three wins with Kim Moon-Juan playing more than 80 minutes. And Jose Cifuentes, along with Diego Rossi, our leading scorers. Carlos Vela, our leading assist man. I think we're doing okay. Not great, but we're doing okay. One of the few keepers with more clean sheets on the season so far than Tomas Romero. You guys know it's coming. Tyler Miller, who's only started eight games for Minnesota and has four clean sheets. Just Not bad, I, Tyler. He got a lot I, of clean sheets his first season. Thought I would throw that out. He is definitely still LAFC's all-time leader in wins and clean sheets. Tied for third in Major League Soccer right now with five assists would be our captain, Carlos Vela. And the crazy part is, this is just, just an observation here from the Scarf. Five, I thought he only had four. Five. He had one today. Yeah. Five assists. I thought he only had three going into this. No, I'm looking at it right here. It says he has five assists. No, okay. I, I'll trust the Scarf. There you go. Stats with Scarf. I, I'm going to throw something out there. You He's know, still our leading I, I, I don't know if you guys know this, but Carlos Vela only has one goal on the season. But he's been setting everybody up with five assists already on the year. He's playing, dare I say right now, a little Brian Rodriguez-esque. I mean, come on. We used to get hammered what? on this podcast. Oh, what? all Brian oh, Rodriguez I don't know if I does. Take that. All Brian Rodriguez does is pass the ball. He doesn't score goals. Fine. Well, right, guys, your point. take a look in this system right now. Look at what Carlos Vela is doing. Look at what he's doing for guys like Jose Cifuentes. Look at what he's been doing for Diego Rossi. We have seen some incredible chemistry with our top two DPs, Diego Rossi and Carlos Vela. All I'm saying, you guys is what we're seeing right now, the way that he started his season, and no one's calling for Carlos's job. No one's calling for Carlos's place in the lineup. And I think as we've watched Carlos Vela over these last few matches, we're starting to see a player who's more and more healthy, more and more capable of the incredible feats. We've seen him ricochet balls off the crossbar, off of the post. He should have two or three or four more goals as it is. Absolutely. And Carlos Vela is a thousand times better of a finisher than Brian Rodriguez is right now. That is not at all what I'm saying here. This is the scarf talking, by the way. But all I'm saying is five assists to just one goal, highest paid player in the league. Hey, that's not what we need from a DP spot. We're not hearing that from any of you out there about Carlos Vela. But we heard that a whole lot about a player who may or may not be coming back into the fold in just a week or so in Brian Rodriguez. I love this team so much because you can you can look in all kinds of different places. Oh, Mark Anthony K this or oh Pablo should be starting or oh Carlos Vela's not playing very well. Oh, fire Bob Bradley or oh Latif doesn't do this right or come on guys. We are just 
hitting our stride, black and gold faithful. We finally have both designated players healthy. We finally are going to have a full roster moving forward. Hopefully Latif is healthy and ready to go. It has just been Mahala on the injury list. We are finally seeing a fully healthy and ready to roll Kim Moon Hwan. He has been incredible. Marco Farfan has solidified, unfortunately, I think, over Cheeky. That spot on the other side. We're seeing Sifu going back to playing like Sifu did. He was, Philly and I talked about it, he was our brightest spot last season in the COVID Cup and in all the different regular season matches that we played. Come on, you guys. We are just putting the band back together right now. Six points from two on the road, and we are looking good. And now Philly, in just, oh, it's 10 minutes till midnight. So still, 10 days from now, we get to assemble the chorus of the black and gold faithful at the Cathedral of Los Angeles football, Bank of California Stadium, for however much longer it is going to retain that name, Philly, the 17th. I know you love this team. Real Salty Lake, you like to call them. Hmm. I can't wait to see what we've got in store for these guys 10 days from now. Oh, I can't wait either. And it's good that we're getting 10 days off because the minute we come back, there's going to be a lot of things happening relatively quickly. Yes, sir. We got Really Salty Lake on Saturday the 17th. Then a couple of days later, Portland on the road on the 21st. Then back at the bank three days later against the Vancouver Whitecaps. And then four days later, back on back at home on a Wednesday against Minnesota United, followed by a week off, and then we take on Sporting Kansas City at home. There is an awful lot coming at us in a very short period of time, so... Enjoy the 10-day break because we're going to be having plenty of watch parties and plenty of games to be going to. Keep those spirits high because 10 days are going to fly by. And pretty soon we're going to be at Bank of California giving each other high fives. And that was scheduling with the Philly. (laughs) Scheduling with the Philly. Filling in the blanks with Philly. (laughs) It's like Mad Libs, but better. You guys, that was a lot of fun. I, you guys, I just sat back and I, I just rode that wave. That was a good time. Norm, I think I just went on a rant and Philly just did schedules. What just happened? Cats and dogs living together, mass hysteria. We, we got to shake things up. We can't do the same <laughs> thing over and over and expect to keep everybody as entertained. Look, Bob has shaked things up, shook things up. He's, he's, he's moved things around a little bit for LAFC. And so we're doing the same here. You guys, this has been such a fun episode. Philly. I mean, look, we're in the heart of Screenland, Culver City, California. It's not even yet midnight on a game day, and you and I are about to wrap up recording on a pod. This thing will probably be out in the next hour or so. People are going to wake up and go, man, I want to hear all about that match except for the 45th to 58th minute. We're your source for it. (laughs) What a fun night tonight. Again, shout out to the Expo. Shout out to our friends at Party Beer. Shout out to Flex. And, And guys... You know how we like to end all of our podcasts. This is 154. Philly just mentioned it'll be 155, 156, 157, 158. Bam! Rapid fire, baby. Look at that. But you know how we like to end all of our podcasts, including this one. Bye-bye.